0: Well, we shook what our mamas gave us to We couldn't shake no more We got down on our knees When cancer knocked at our door We got kicked in the ass We gave lots of sass But when it rains It falls into this half-full glass Oh, thanks, cancer Thanks, cancer Thanks, cancer Victories in the dark
1: You're listening to Thanks Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call
2: it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment.
1: So Mimi. What are we talking about today? Well,
2: it's rather actually who we're talking to. So, we are talking today, Lana, to one of my oldest friends, Sarah Sweet Rabidou Kelsey. Um, Rabidou
1: Kelsey. Yes. That's a much. great last name.
3: It's two connected by a hyphen,
1: with a sweet in the middle.
3: It's my middle name. It was my great grandfather's last name.
2: Hmm. All right, Sarah. So, how do we know each other?
3: We have known each other since first grade.
2: Yeah, first grade. Uh, Mr. McKendry? McKendry's class. Yeah.
3: Uh, I hope you're not listening.
2: Yeah. Was he terrible?
3: <laughs> he was.
2: He was awful. And so I've seen Sarah. Um, I remember one of the first things I remember about her, actually, was one of the cool things she wrote in Mr. McKendry's class. I remember thinking of her as a writer, first and foremost. Um, I saw her then later blossom into a kick-ass athlete, um, a killer field hockey player, Um, which she later continued to college. And then sort of kind of surprising us all, but maybe not so surprisingly, she kind of twisted it into um, using her creative skills with writing, combining with her athleticism to become a modern dance choreographer.
3: It's true. It is the marriage of creative writing and field hockey what do you get it's modern dance
2: so she was the founder um and uh choreographer for the Hoi polite dance company and um has lately found her latest incarnation um with the calling that i always know her for as (laughs) a writer as a storyteller she's an award-winning moth storyteller as well as being the co-founder of blind tiger tellers which does um coaching for storytelling for um for nonprofits businesses and students so on another note though she is also the first close friend of mine who was diagnosed with cancer what year was that Sarah
3: I should have that information in my mind did you block it out I did I think it was I'm glad. 2013 or 14
1: I look forward to blocking you. it
2: out yeah I couldn't figure it out when I was writing the notes for this episode. I was like, "2012, 2013." I was like, "I don't want to offend her." 13. <laughs> I'll just
3: ask her. I think it was 14. Let's say 14. 2014.
2: Okay. 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 So as a result, when I was dosed with my cancer, which is what I think was 2015, I have a hard time remembering that too. Um, Sarah was one of the first people that I called for advice. Um, she told me to get a binder.
3: <laughs> that was my main takeaway from cancer: was to be prepared, and The way that I dealt with it was to make myself a three-ring binder. I think because I went to Hampshire College and you just, you put everything together. All of your work Hmm. culminated into a binder. You had to have a binder. And so I started, I got a coral-colored binder and I put every um, bit of information, test result, article, everything my doctors gave me. And I three-hole punched it, put it in the binder. And then all the insurance stuff that had its own horrible um portion of the notebook but I um I found that that was really empowering and because you always forget when you go to the doctor like what questions you have what cancer do I have what am I doing here and your binder for me it was a really great um like safety net Mm -hmm. slash baby blanket slash tool and I think that's the first thing I told you well, I bought you the binder. I'm like, we gotta get you a you binder. Did. She
2: bought me the binder. Oh, yeah, she brought me the binder what, over. What color is your cancer binder? It's, it was actually it was white, and I put in um, a picture of the tomatoes um, that I have hanging because I thought, you know, tomatoes, haha. <laughs> <laughs> Breast cancer. Mine and...
3: had uh, Jeff Lebowski dancing in his living room in his bathrobe. That was the picture in mine. Yeah. The dude. The dude. My
1: my cancer binder was the journal I started at 15 when my mother died of cancer.
3: Ooh, good one
1: ooh. yeah
3: yeah people heirloom. Was
1: it was depressed it was an heirloom <laughs> tomato <laughs> <laughs> so sarah um tell us
2: a little bit about how did you how did you find your way into your diagnosis like how did that whole process happen like what were the first signs for you and then how did the doctors end up finding
1: this
3: well um the first signs i didn't know were first signs until later when they told me they were the first signs but there was a stretch of time leading up to the diagnosis I guess for the year before where I was having difficulty swallowing food and constantly coughing up like pieces of food would shoot out of my mouth when I would cough which um, if you don't cover your mouth is shocking for the people that you're with Um,
1: and embarrassing
3: it's disgusting and embarrassing and I really just thought I am getting older, and so now it's yeah. harder to eat things or swallow things. I just chalked it up to my advanced age of...
2: Of what? Forty?
3: Um, Would have been 43. 43. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Very advanced. So those were signs that I didn't know were signs. Um, and I saw my gynecologist that year, and she gave me this whole checkout, which included touching my thyroid, and she felt what she thought was... A lump. And she called in a doctor from the hallway, let's call him Bob. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding, she flagged him down out of the door of the room and said, Bob, come here, come here, I want you to check this out. He came in, I don't know him, and he put his hands around my throat like a killer. Mm-hmm. And he said, everybody's got these. And not to worry. So then this whole next year of not being able to swallow goes by being very tired. But again, just thinking that's because I was elderly. And um, I go back for my next annual exam and they feel the lump again. And now they are alarmed because it seems bigger and Bob's nowhere to be found. So they send me (laughs) to this other doctor. Did you, I had all these funny doctor names. Like I, Dr. Fawcett was the woman (laughs) who found this and she, well, she didn't find it. I went to see her as a specialist. She touched it for one second and said she wanted to biopsy it right away. Like, right now. She
1: was good, like, right that second. That
3: second. And I was like, wait, you mean, like, right now, now? Um, I have a fear of needles. Um, I was very scared. to start to hyperventilate. Maybe it's my fault that she ended up doing such an intense fine needle aspiration. Mm-hmm. But she really um, throttled my thyroid and was quite, um, I guess, thorough in her investigations, mm-hmm. which turned out to be um, papillary carcinoma which is the most common form of thyroid cancer, which everybody, it turns out, calls the good cancer. Right.
1: Right. The best cancer. So
2: I remember when I was getting really tired, you had said to me, like, one of the things that you had remembered was that you were exhausted.
3: I was. I was tired all the time. To be fair, the that year and a half, I guess, leading up to the actual diagnosis, I was working harder than I would ever worked in my life at two different grueling, punishing, ridiculous jobs. One of which I was a baker, so I was getting up at 2:30 in the morning to go stand up for 8 hours baking English muffins and biscuits. And then I switched to an even harder job being the general manager of the Shake Shack in Chestnut Hill. Well, I didn't start as a general manager. I started as a manager and I worked my way up. Within,
2: like It was, like, within months, though, I remember that. It was fat. You were working really hard. Yeah, I
3: was working 80 hours a week. Yeah. And so, of course, I'd feel tired.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, I, That was the same with me, too. It was like, well, yeah, I'm exhausted. And that's, I think, the thing with, like, when you're younger, getting diagnosed, too. It's like, yeah, of course you're tired. Like, aren't we all tired?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's hard to pay attention to how you feel when, like, you've got shit to do. You were really oh. tired, though. Like,
3: I was. There were um, times when I would come home from work, and I have this great dog named Pretzel who is an amazing creature from another plane. And I would open the door, and he's always right there waiting for me when I get home. And I would crouch down to greet him and kiss him on the lips. And then I would say to myself, you know, I'm just going to lay down right here just for a second on the floor, like with my coat still on, and I would fall asleep.
1: That's not normal.
3: It's not normal. It was some much-needed much rest. um, (laughs) But it was not normal. Now, some people say that thyroid cancer doesn't necessarily manifest in a sense of tiredness, isn't like the a symptom that springs to mind, but I, I did dispute that. <laughs> I feel like I was, once they figured out what was happening and I had the thyroidectomy and they gave me the hormones that I needed, even though I do still now work at odd hours and very long and tiring work, I... Do not sleep on the floor of my house anymore
2: yeah so talk about like so what was it like so you get the diagnosis mm. out of the blue i mean how fast how long did it take for you to get the diagnosis when you got the fine needle aspiration in your throat
3: maybe eight days
2: oh my god was that scary
3: it was a scary eight days um and she called me on a friday night at five forty-five, and you know if someone has good news for you, they're not going to call, they'll wait till Monday, right, to mm-hmm. give you the good news, I guess, I don't know, if it's not cancer, they're going to be like, or maybe not, but I thought, wow. oh no, when I saw the number on my phone, and it's six, almost six o'clock on a Friday night, I said, this can't be good, and I answered the phone, and she hi Sarah, it's Dr. Fawcett, and she said, I wish I had good news for you,
1: That sounds like a terrible way to start that conversation. Well, it's awkward,
3: right? Like, I can't, how many of these calls does she have to make? It's terrible, right? I mean,
1: what's the good way to start that conversation, I guess?
3: Like, she would have, the cat would have been right out of the bag if she said, Are you sitting down? So maybe she was trying to, like, be more creative. Where
1: were you when you?
2: I was in
3: the, I had just walked out of Shake Shack. So I was in my disgusting burger uniform in between um, a Pinkberry and Portobello Road stores under the stupid market lights they have. And she said, I wish I was calling with good news. And I said to her, oh, were you hoping to tell me I didn't have cancer? And she was like, "Mm, no, it is cancer, so you're going to have to, you know, come in. And I kind of buzzed out. I don't know what the rest of the stuff she said to me was. And this... This next thing surprised me a lot because I'm very, my husband is my best friend and I, that sounds so gross. Delete that. But he really is. Like, he's. We're the, not going to
1: delete it. He's, yeah, we he's, love
3: Steph. He, well, but I don't know. He's not like my best friend in that way that like sometimes stupid people say. No,
2: you guys have an awesome relationship. But we
3: do. We're yeah. um, serendipitous peoples Yeah, you guys together. are like the
2: soulmates that we all sort of want to be.
3: I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, Um, yeah. But I didn't call him right away. Right,
2: I remember you saying that.
3: I went back inside the restaurant, and my dear friend Kelly, who was at that time my boss, she was the GM at the time. I just needed, I just didn't want to tell Steph yet, because I knew he would be so worried. I didn't, I didn't want to upset him. I don't know, it wasn't like operating on all... You were Cylinder, yeah, yeah you were totally I guess. Dark. Yeah, and so I just went back into the restaurant, and luckily it was kind of slow, and there was another manager there too. Um, it was a guy visiting, a visiting manager from New York, and I just went into the office and I said, "Kelly, can I talk to you for a second She's like, "What's up, man?" And I said, um "My doctor just called me. I have cancer. I've thought I have thyroid cancer," and she was like, "What the?" fuck can I swear on your podcast yeah she was like what the fuck what the fuck and I was like ah so she told this other guy the visiting guy I can't remember his name she's like um hey dude will you just watch the restaurant for a minute (laughs) and we left out the back and went into the cottage which is a restaurant at the street and we sat down at the bar and I drank a glass of wine with her Mm -hmm. for like an hour meanwhile stuff's like why isn't you home from work (laughs) (laughs) and where's the phone like because I'm always like, hey, on my way home. Or, and he just hadn't heard from me. So then when I got home and told him this news, he was kind of disappointed, I guess, or a little upset. Like, why didn't you call me right away? And I had no good answer for that, except yeah. that I just didn't want to upset him.
2: Did it feel like it would almost make it more real when you told him to? Like, I mean, I don't know. I can just imagine Absolutely. that being like a whole other layer of heart telling the love of your life. Yeah.
3: Like,
1: Well, and telling I someone like over the phone, did you wait until you got home or did you I did on the phone? I did. Yeah. I think I did.
3: Because I was like, I can't. This isn't like a phone Yeah, it's thing. not a phone conversation. And also, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I already felt a little bit, because of my advanced age, like a lemon to him because he's younger than i am so on my 40th birthday i threw my back out and i ended up having to get off an airplane in a wheelchair um i've had rotator cuff surgery you know i'm just kind of like a lemon so Mm -hmm. now i'm like oh the ultimate lemon defect is cancer so i'm like Mm -hmm. i just didn't really want to i guess bring him into that possible nightmare i saved him like an hour and a half of worry i guess
1: i think a lot of people feel when they get diagnosed with cancer that they're broken somehow defective is yeah. how i sort of felt like i've got defective cells
3: yeah which, yeah
2: it's it's true i mean yeah and I, it's like and you are a little defective too i mean like literally like you have to fix it so so like when so so how long was the period between okay so you you, you start to tell people and then who did you tell after stefan
1: like who did you tell like
3: I told um, my mom, my dad, and my in-laws, okay. and my siblings.
1: Who was the hardest person to
3: tell? Steph, my husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I didn't, I just didn't want to bum him out. Because it seems like, oh, you've already had so many problems. Now you have this. Mm-hmm. But as my doctors were all very quick to, people were just, as I'm sure you know, want to instantly reassure you, like no matter what, they're like, you're going to be fine, don't Mm -hmm. worry. Um, You're a fighter. Right, and I got like so much of that because thyroid cancer is often called the good cancer or somebody likened it to a splinter. They're like, all you got to do is take your thyroid out and then you're fine, Um, which is great. And in my case, turned out to be, they took my thyroid out. I didn't need to do the radioactive iodine treatment. All I take now is a pill that replaces my hormones. Mm-hmm. But before they got the pathology back, like after the surgery, yeah. like there was just still that time of like, well, maybe it isn't the, I guess there's um four main types of thyroid cancer. And like, you just didn't know which one it was going to be. And it was just, it felt scary to be told you had cancer. Yeah. And so a little part of me wanted to just be kind of freaked out and just move through feeling... I like to – I have to do worst-case scenario no matter what. So I have mm-hmm. to go, okay, X, Y, Z, this is what's going to happen if this happens. And I we talked about this when you were going through stuff. Exactly. And you're like uh, – I'm like, just cry. Keep crying. Like, yes. it's good to move through all those feelings. Yeah. And, and any time I was like, oh, man, like, what if – because you play the what if game. Somebody would be right there be like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, can't – I? I think I, I think I want to worry about and it. At to least worry about something. At least until I get like some kind of answers. I, I want, I need to worry about it, because I couldn't imagine just being super cavalier about cancer, yeah. even though it's the good cancer.
2: But your surgery, correct me if I'm wrong, like held some risks too. I mean, you could have gotten your vocal cords nicked and had your voice changed yes. or perhaps Gone. taken away.
3: Yeah, there was an incredible list of risks from the, um, surgery that you had, you know, you have to sign everything when you go in for surgery that you you acknowledge the, um, possible risk factors. And in the thyroid surgery case, there is, I guess, a a possibility that they will hit or sever or nick, um, your vocal cords. So you, there's a possibility you'll wake up with no voice Mm -hmm. or with a changed voice,
1: well, how long did you have between the cancer diagnosis and the surgery to think about all of these things? Because between mine, it was like four months. But
3: I think you... it was two, maybe two months at the, because my, my surgery was March 17th of 2014.
1: Oh my God, at my St. Patrick's
2: Day. Right? Yeah, mine was like the 17th, like. Two years later, this is really weird. Yeah. It was the exact same day. Yeah, that's odd. Um, cancer twins. Cancer right. twins. Yay, Brewster.
3: Thanks, Cape Cod. Yay. Cancer cluster. Uh, cancer cluster. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag cancer, cancer, cluster. <laughs> cancer cluster. So yeah, I think I got I think it was from January to March was the time. But the diagnosis might have been right at the end of January, near to February.
1: And did you feel very rushed or did it did it crawl by?
3: It felt like I just wanted to do it in, in the weirdest sort of excited way you could imagine. I was almost looking forward to it, to the surgery, because it meant I was going to have time off from my job. My job was so grueling and difficult and emotional and insane that I was a little bit glad to have reason to be out of work and not be calling out or taking like a mental health day, but like being able to say, I really need these 10 days off, which is what I took to have my surgery. Because no one can argue with cancer. Right? It's like Mm -hmm. beats diarrhea every time um, for getting out of work, but I was almost, I I just wanted the rest. I just, you were
2: really sick too. I mean, that's the thing is like, you were really sick before you get surgery. I mean, that's the thing that people don't really talk about is how Mm. sick you are. Like that feeling of just needing to sleep all the time. Things are right and you don't know what's going on. I mean, and you're trying to keep it all up. I mean, you did need
1: that
3: rest. It was great rest.
1: Do you think that 10 days was enough?
3: Um, yeah, for my particular procedure, I mean, would I have liked to take... It was technically two weeks, but 10 of them were my work days. Right. Would I have liked three weeks off? Sure. But I feel like it was enough time. When I went the first day, I went back to work. I wanted to be in the kitchen with all of my crew, my kids, mm-hmm. the staff there, and be, like, part of the team again. And they gave me a really great welcome with cards and everything. Very cute. Like, all the kids that work there were between, like, 16 and 25, let's say. But they were they were very nice and i just wanted to be with them in the kitchen so i took the position in the kitchen and as a manager you you don't have to work in there but i wanted i wanted to and i put myself on the beverage station and every all the stations at shake shack have a a kds a screen that's telling you what you need to make and beverage is the easiest station to work at but you're still part of the kitchen so are I, you
1: making the shakes
3: no that's the custard station oh. Beverage is just like the fountain sodas, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that'll be the easiest, blah, blah, blah. But of course, the, the screen for that station is, is the highest up of all the screens. Oh. And so I, I kept having to look up and my Ow. the muscles in my neck and um, just all of my head I lasted maybe an hour out there. I said, oh, I got to go home <laughs> because it hurt. It hurt so much you don't even... I didn't even think about it. And it was on my body where I had this huge gash. It was such an ugly after-surgery scar because they don't... It's
2: almost nothing now. It's hard to tell, like, unless you really look.
3: I've worked really hard with, like, covering it with the silicone to, like, make it go away because it also was very raised and rough for a long time. Yeah. But they don't cover it when you leave the hospital. They stitch it inside and then they glue... They glue the the lips of it shot so it it did look like I had this
2: gaping mouth gory little mouth You did you sent a couple of texts or did some I of, did I yeah. put googly eyes googly above eyes.
3: it so it looked like I had this She's like I a
2: sister to it. you,
1: yeah. yeah. I googly eyed my boob scars. See?
3: Is <laughs> some things just look like faces and you need to really point it out for everyone that they are faces.
1: Yes, you do. It's paradilia, right?
3: It was <laughs> Exactly. But the other thing that I would say about this scar is that I realized once I started researching what a thyroidectomy was and what it you'd end up with. And
1: this was after surgery?
3: No, before. Like okay. when I was looking, getting ready for it, I started, you know, I Googled it because you go down the Google hole when you're like, yeah. what will my future hold? So I was Googling like thyroidectomy mm-hmm. and I, recognize, I see the scar in all the pictures and then I realized how many women... I have seen with the scar throughout life and I not knowing and I've always been like oh, somebody tried to slice their throat <laughs> like and I've always been like oh she's she was attacked and then I, I realized how many people I thought had been attacked by yeah. a knife slasher but then it's really because it's such a common thyroid
1: cancer is the knife slasher
3: yes but yeah. it's um yeah
2: and you, the silicone strips you told me about, mm-hmm. which really helped with my scar. Oh, good. Too. Yeah, I think it just, like, just putting them on sort of religiously. You can get them, like, where you can cut them. Kind right, of, you that's can the kind of. Wash
1: them. Well, and there's there's better silicone scar patches and not so good ones, but yeah, I I got some from my doctor.
3: Oh, that's nice. I got oh, mine at CVS. Same here.
1: Classic.
2: <laughs> they might be style.
3: a yeah. low level, but they um, it it felt good to. That it was well, yeah. That it was kind of keeping it away from me touching it, because I would touch it a lot, and it felt and it would gross me out, because it was really um touchable. It's weird
1: how your body starts to gross you out. Mm -hmm. Like you love your body, but you're like, I don't want to look at it or touch it. I don't
2: want anything. But then there's a weird fascination with it too. At the Mm -hmm. same time, I felt a weird like repulsion attraction to the whole situation. You know, it's unusual. I mean. Like what's so? What happened? So after the surgery, you find out like it's you know you got all the cancer. They mm-hmm. got they got the margins. and so, Yes,
3: C- clear margins. Oh, which which is good awesome. margins. Yep. Which is
2: awesome. So we all breathed a huge sigh of relief. But like, what's it like for you? I know you're on some medication, and do you have to get follow up appointments? Like, mm-hmm.
3: so I go right after the surgery. I was going, I think, every three months for scans and tests or. Um, And then it changed to six months. And now starting from the November that we just had, I'm a yearly scanner. Mm -hmm. Now I go for yearly scans. And it did take them a while to get my um, levothyroxine, um, which is the hormone replacement pill that I take. Mm -hmm. It took them a while to get that dosage right.
2: So what was that like for you?
3: Um, It was like being a werewolf. Oh. Because, so like... <laughs> doesn't sound good. The, like gro- growing hair? No. Nails? I have I have. Howling at the wound. Just changing and having some sort of change, like just suddenly you're sweating all the time oh. or suddenly you're thirsty all the time. Teen or, wolf? Yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of teen wolf. Got maybe it. more got than it. werewolf. Got it. But um But they finally got it right. I take the very ridiculous 137 mcgs is my dosage I don't know how you get to that but that's what they got to and I do forget every now and again to take it and people will tell you just wait till the next day and take it then and you don't don't take two but um when you're traveling and then you forget when you did or did not take it I took a Way too many one time and gave like gave myself a period, which what? was like the worst How period. Is that? I, I it's your
1: hormones. I yeah. guess, right. But is it like estrogen? I,
3: you know I don't know and I should know and I don't but know. I think
1: well based on
2: what I know, I think what it could do is. It's the master controller of all your yeah. hormones. So I think it could, yeah, just trigger all. Well, I,
3: I did Google it. Google was like my best friend during Google this entire... But your best friend. That's but, your best, best friend and your worst enemy. Well, for people who like information. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, if people who can sort through information and see information and not be overwhelmed or think that's definitely me.
3: Right. I feel like if you use Google and then also like Law & Order... You can Google yourself into, like, some kind of frenzy and then stop and watch a couple episodes of Law and & Order and then go back and synthesize the information that Google gave you. I, I mean, so su- you. mean, you could substitute in Sex in the City or... I
2: don't think you need Sex Law & Order, City, yeah, I think or... you fill it in with your show of choice. Right. Or a of choice. of choice. Yeah. I don't know if Sex in the City is the best suggestion. I'm just going to say that. Well, oh, but also, I do want to say it's a gift to people who are going through any kind of illness or cancer treatment who need a lot of time indoors mm-hmm. to, like, get lost in something, too. I mean, that's... Like, I was going through, like, low iron, apparently, and that's when I was finding, and, you know, my heat was broken in my house, and I just found, like, (laughs) solace and, like, that Game of Thrones. Um, It's important to find distractions. You have to find some distractions. So, Sarah, like, tell us, like, some of the stuff that surprised you the most about the whole experience. Like... What were some of the most like? I don't know, just a standout moment for you that was like, oh.
3: I would say, and we discussed it earlier, but the the not being able to swallow food as a big red flag that maybe you have a tumor on your thyroid. I no one ever we're, we're so taught as females to do self exams right. to your breast. Then
2: um, have the check your eggs, check your whatever. <laughs> That's
3: what they say. <laughs> Balls. Yeah, not so, so there's much the thyroid. no, you never, um, even though it's this very, I'm not gonna say popular, but common mm-hmm. cancer um, that's very, more, women are much more apt to get it than men. No one ever has told me, like, oh, if you ever feel like something's getting caught in your throat, or here's how to do a self thyroid check. I had never heard anything about it.
1: I wonder what happens when you Google, I can't swallow.
3: Um, I'll tell you what happens. It's porn. Um, <laughs> but, 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 Sarah,
2: how do we, how do we do a self-examination? Can you just describe it to us? I yeah, know it's a podcast, which isn't an ideal format, and people can Google this. this. Might
3: a- end up sounding like porn, but basically, you're put, you put your fingers, both your index finger and your middle finger, sort of on to the zone that is where your Adam's apple area would be, right, and you right. kind of press into that cartilage there. Can you use a breathier voice if it's going to be horny? <laughs> well, you know, I was kind of hoping I would get a breathier voice by like a slight nick of my vocal cords. Well, but me more. Or like the, if I, I could have come out of that surgery being able to sing really well. Mm, but, um, okay. <laughs> but you put your fingers on that part of your throat and swallow. OK. Gl- and you can feel that it's like a little, like a a fishing, what's it called? A fishing lure? A bobbin. Not oh, a, a
2: bobber. A bobber. A bobber.
3: Mm-hmm. A, it's a bobber. But you feel your um, bobber go up and down when yeah. you swallow. And if it has lumps on it, then you should ask someone to check that out.
1: Okay.
3: And not bob. And not bob. Bob, who says <laughs> everybody has these. Well, you're wrong, Bob.
2: No, I mean, and if everyone does, we should do something
3: about it. You <laughs> exactly. Know, should
2: go get some surgery and get on that medication that you're on. <laughs> yeah,
3: but yeah. that was the standout surprising thing for me is that I had been experiencing and considering and thinking about this symptom, but attributing it to, oh, I'm just old now and now right. my throat doesn't work because I had been through a rotator cuff repair a terrible back like I have all these other ailments I was like oh and now I can't swallow my food anymore
2: great another thing's
3: broken right yeah but if I had ever even heard one person say that that's an indicator for a possible tumor on your thyroid I would have said Bob you don't know what you're talking about and asked to get it looked at sooner but a whole year went by yeah go
1: ahead so do you feel like it was an inflection point In your life? Did anything change from the cancer in a positive way? Huh. Yeah, did you make any changes in your life? Have any victories in the dark?
3: After going through the surgery, I think it was during finding out that I had cancer that my sisters kind of made a bigger, like they were very sad that they weren't here with me. And we've never been close and I'm much older than them. And I was surprised at that. And then the I think two summers later, my husband and, and I, with our dog, Pretzel, drove across the country and lived in California for a month to spend more time with my sisters and my dad and my stepmom. Knowing that my dad, you know, he's going to one day travel to another, an astral plane. Mm-hmm. And we just really haven't had that much time together. And so I would say that was sort of necessarily like this big moment of oh my gosh but it just kind of happened organically that I got in better connection with my California family Mm
2: -hmm. yeah no I think that makes sense I mean I felt that too like I just wanted to be around certain people like I really care about you know what I mean like yeah there's no time to waste anymore and especially those connections that haven't been um, super close, but mm-hmm. you've been longing for them. It's just like there's an urgency. There's no more time to waste, right?
3: Yeah, and it was it was a great the summer that we were out there. That's actually when I gave myself that crazy period. Um, <laughs> but I I went shopping like thrift shopping and out to lunch with my two little sisters, and we have never ever done that. And I'm I mean at that time I guess I was 45 and they were 35 and 30, and we had never spent just girl time ever Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't directly relate this to an outcome Mm -hmm. (laughs) of having thyroid cancer but i think it is uh baked in there somehow that i got to reconnect or find a connection Mm -hmm. with them
2: so i guess what would you um what would you say to someone you know like what do you wish you knew before you got diagnosed with cancer what would you say to someone who might be just entering into this or someone who hasn't dealt with this yet but who might
3: I guess I wish that if we're wishing, I guess I wish that I had been better able to either ignore or absorb the feelings of not exclusion or like, I don't know, it was it was really hard to to hear um, people just telling me constantly like, don't worry about it, it's fine. It's not a big deal, and did it? Tr- it turned out to not be a big deal in terms of treatment afterwards. But for me, it, it really was a big deal to have my this kind of surgery. To
1: have cancer at all. Was to have
3: cancer. Deal? To have my throat cut open. To like think
1: about death
3: and yeah. I mean, it eight it weeks. It yeah. was a big deal, and I wish I got really um. I felt bad that my cancer wasn't worse I guess because people were like because I felt scared but then everybody was telling me not to be scared and then I I don't know I guess I wish I had better been able to ignore that or stand up for myself and say you know what I'm actually pretty scared and I need to just feel being scared is like how I can then like go into action and figure out like what I can do for myself and I don't know. I feel I feel guilty sometimes that it wasn't worse.
2: I've heard that from women in a support group that we were in um who had stage 1 cancer or ductal cancer, ductal carcinoma, you know, which is like stage 0 or whatever and it's I've heard that from other people
1: before well, too. And cancer patients tend to compare. Yeah. Cancers or treatments mm-hmm. or like there's this weird competitiveness yeah it's
3: like being a general and or i don't know if Having you win stars. if you have
1: like the best cancer or if you have the worst cancer
3: i feel a little bit like it's your own the way that people and i it's interesting i think people just in general compete to be have proximity to something terrible
2: yeah do you know what i mean like yeah.
3: people's september 11th story or if you You know, we've all known someone who's taken their own life, but I noticed this in the high school where I worked. Um, We had a student take their own life, and suddenly, like, all these people were like, oh, so-and-so was my best friend. Yeah. Right, and I just feel there is a weird competitiveness to it, and I found myself having to be like, well, no, I I mean, I had surgery, and I had to, you know, to kind of, like, prove that I had this reason to have been scared, even though I didn't have to get, Scary radioactive iodine treatments or be changed in a deeper way physically. But it's there's just a lot of weird guilt around having the good cancer.
1: Well, as thanks, cancer, we absolve you. Yeah. I'm glad your cancer wasn't bad. I was really
2: scared when you told me a few years ago, I was so scared. I'm so glad you're okay. Thank
3: you. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad you're okay. I mean, I too was scared, but I also knew having just done my little like, you know, nas- jig, my cancer, what is it? Like a cancer.
1: Modern dance? No. <laughs>
3: a brush with cancer. yeah, yeah. yeah. That no, know just that. knowing the... How it goes, like going to the hospital so much, and that we're in such great proximity, all these great places. Yeah. That's what gave me super duper faith for you. And I didn't know you yet, or I would have had that same faith. <laughs> but, like, You're absolved. you definitely yeah. could have died.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean,
3: I, you know, this, any of us could have died if this yeah. was the, if we didn't catch it. I what's mean. the really bad, th- anap anaplastic? If this had okay. been anaplastic, like lots of people, people even die from this one, but it's yeah. very rare. But, i mean i don't know i guess that's the other thing is when people just say like oh you're gonna be fine like i hate that because you might not be fine like pretty
2: dismissive for the it doesn't feel connected to the experience you're going through because you're freaking out because actually you might die you're saying it to make you feel better right it makes you feel like you're actually being irrational on top of
1: everything else well i think also being guilted for having terrible feelings about cancer it's weird one should have terrible feelings about cancer
3: and i feel like when i mean i try to be very much the op- I was very mindful when going with you through your cancerness yes. of being like, yeah, it's totally scary and it's fucked up and you should, if you feel like crying all night long, fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I try to be very present. I'm not trying to talk you out of any scary yeah, feeling because fuck that. And everybody was trying to tell me like, oh, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. And I was like, fuck off. Right. It's a big deal to me. It's a big life. deal to me. My life
2: is a big deal to me. No, you were awesome, and I really appreciate. Sarah was like great about coming with me to chemotherapy appointments and just like popping in, you know, randomly when you were in the neighborhood. Oh yeah,
3: the time I hung out with you and your mom. Yeah, it was
2: like having a celebrity guest start pop into my chemo. It was really, <laughs> it was really fun, and it was, you know, it was really fun for my mom too to see a friendly face from home from a gal who she's known since she was six years old too. Which leads me to a question: um, Do you think Cape Cod gave us cancer? Um, Because I think about that I do think about it I mean we knew a lot of people There are some Who died of cancer Serious
3: clusters There were lots of people That did die of cancer Before we were even like Out of high school Out of high school
2: had cancer as kids
3: Yeah But I don't know I guess hard to know More than Cape Cod I would say If I was going to point the finger At any sort of like John Grisham type of thing Mm -hmm. It would be the TCE In the pipes Right
2: our pipes were coated with a toxic agent. And the uh,
3: trichloroethylene.
2: Yeah, to cure the pipes. And they didn't let it gas off enough before they let water run through it. So we were all given a pretty large dosage of this In stuff. my,
3: where my house is and our across the street neighbor and the house behind there, there were, I think, 13 people that filled those homes all together and seven of us have cancer. Wow.
1: My next door
2: neighbor so had thyroid cancer. cancer too.
3: And our houses are like, Three miles apart? Four miles? Our houses miles, are pretty far apart. Four miles? Five miles? No. Four
2: yeah, miles? It's a pretty big town, but pipe was laid down at the same time because it was an area that developed pretty quickly. Everyone had, had wells before. So it's something I think about. I mean, and I don't know. I just think about it. I don't know if it's weird or irresponsible to bring it up, but it crosses my transom. I,
3: well, you know. the other thing that they, with, for thyroid cancer, that they sometimes look at as the culprit, although no one confirms or denies, is... um. X-rays to the head and neck. Yeah. Um, and did I, you have a lot of those? I did. I have had a lot of x ray mm-hmm. like tooth X-rays. And when they tell it, I was just at the dentist recently, mm-hmm. and I have two dentist things to tell you. Okay. But I just went to the dentist, and they were like, we need, it's a new dentist who took over the old dentist's practice. And she was like, we're going to give you an X, we have to X-ray all your teeth. And I was like, uh, I don't want any more X-rays. I just, you know. Right. And the woman was like, you get more whatever, what is it, radioactive um, radiation right. from eating a banana. What? And I was like, you know what? That's not true. I don't eat bananas anymore. Like, yeah. please <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want x-rays of my teeth. Like, you have them. If you lost them, I can't. And I started to tear up because I'm like, I really just don't want. Right, you can't. And they me. were like, oh, okay, it's okay. And then I had to. Weaponize the crime. I had uh, to play the cancer card. Good. Even yes. though my card is small. I had said, so listen... your
2: card
1: is not your small. card carrying.
2: No, your card, I argue, actually, Sarah, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, your oncogenes aren't so great. Neither are mine. Like, your cancer card is valid.
3: My uncle just had his, um patu- he has a tumor on his pituitary gland Yikes. that he just had drilled out again. It came back. But um, the other thing, and I don't know if you put this in later or whatever, but the other thing that happened right before the surgeries, they tell you to get all your ducks in a row, right? Like, go to the dentist, do right. all these things, because I don't know if it's specific to thyroid cancer that they were like, go to the dentist, but because you're getting the surgery. But they
2: do the same thing when you're about to go into chemotherapy, too. Okay. Your system is... You're not
1: allowed to go to the dentist.
2: Right. Yeah. So they were like, yeah. listen,
3: you better go now if you haven't been. So I went, I made an appointment to my old dentist in Somerville, and I went there and I showed up. And on the phone when I made the appointment, I read to them my insurance and everything and told them why I was coming in. And I got there and they were like, you can't, oh, we don't take your insurance anymore or something like this. And I was like, they're like, we can't, we can't do And I said, and I was really, I was trying so hard. Like if I do everything right up to my surgery, like it's all going to go smooth. And I was like, I so focused on like i need to get my teeth cleaned right. because check
2: the, check the box yeah. i don't
3: know what's gonna happen and i was trying to imper- tell this woman i'm like listen i'm having my thyroid and i have this can- cancer i have cancer i have cancer like please <laughs> clean my teeth and they would not she was, i was like listen i'll pay you the 200 dollars. like what does it cost and they would not they wouldn't do it i wrote an angry angry email Good. kappa dental Good. um It was horrifying, but it was in that moment that I think was the the main time that I like freaked out about it was in this dentist's office because they were telling me like sorry and I was like wait don't you care like this is a big how are you doing this to me (laughs) I totally lost it but that was like the time of like in public meltdown I'm scared about everything was because they refused to clean my teeth and I thought for sure like if I don't get my teeth clean and then my
2: teeth are gonna fall out too right yeah. God, well, I'm really glad. I'm, I'm so glad that you're doing well. Um, and um, thank you so much for coming in today and talking to Thanks us. Thanks
3: for having me.
2: Oh, my God. So tell our listeners where they can find you on social media, um,
3: um, you can. Our website is blindtigertellers.com, and you can find information about Blind Tiger Tellers there. Or if you're into The Handmaid's Tale... You can follow Of Ken's Tale on Instagram. It's a fan art site dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale so cool. in which so cool. I recreate scene after scene after scene from the show with Barbie dolls.
1: Sarah, it's so awesome. That sounds amazing. Why am I not Instagram friends with you? you need to, we need to remedy Je that. Je ne sais pas. We need to remedy that.
2: Well, listen, Sarah, thanks so much for coming in to talk to us about this. Thanks, Sarah.
3: Thank you guys. And... Thanks, Cancer.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks, Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks, Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks, Cancer.
2: And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on itunes and subscribe and yeah definitely subscribe and listen we want to hear your stories too so please reach out to us at info at if you have something to share
0: well the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself gate with your cancer card with your passport date cuz cancer's damn hard oh thanks cancer thanks cancer thanks cancer victories in the dark